How long we been talking, man? How long did I allot this time? Oh, uh, we can get out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you got. Yeah, I think we good. Yeah, we uh, we uh, we're excellent. It's always love, man. Anytime you need me, I'm gonna uh, holler back at you, man. All right. I feel like you're my little brother. I feel like you're my little brother now. Hot breath. There's the jingle. Now it's time to jangle. I'm your host, Joel Byers, and welcome to the season finale of Hot Breath. <sighs> These past eight weeks, we've been highlighting all of the Atlanta talent performing on the 2015 season of Last Comic Standing. Just last week, you saw Atlanta comedian Clayton English bring home the title. So I felt what better way to celebrate the occasion than to bring in the 2014 Last Comic Standing Champ, Atlanta comedian Rodman. Rodman describes himself as a 20-year overnight sensation. We trace his career from sleeping on the floor to now developing his own NBC show. Rodman also provides a surgical dissection of his storytelling process he's been honing over the past 20 years on stages across the world. So, I feel like I should go ahead and say you're welcome. All there is left to do is inhale a hearty, hot breath with Rodman. Joe! Hey! What's happening? It's Rodman. We're doing it. We doing it. It's going down. I'm the icing on the cake. You wanted some icing. Yeah, I am. I appreciate you so much for doing this, man. This is really um this is it's really an honor, to be honest. We'll go ahead and just uh dive right in then. Yeah, I, that's how I like to do it. Yeah, let's not stress it. Just make his conversation. We talking. If you could just uh say your full name into the microphone, please. Uh Rod Man. Rod Man. Yeah. Thank you for being on Hot Breath, buddy. Hot Breath, yeah. The podcast. Yes. So. Yeah, it's, you're in a podcast world. It's the new age. I know, I know, man. I did a podcast at somebody's grandmama's house. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was like, who house is this? Who house we in? Oh, this is my grandmama. Okay, okay. Well, it's a long way from the Adam Carolla podcast, I guess. Yeah, Adam Carolla, next level podcast. Next level, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he has a facility. Yeah, he has a facility. You've done everything up to this point. I have to ask, first off, is it true that you didn't know you won Last Comic Standing until seeing it on TV? Uh, that wouldn't, I didn't know who won particularly, but I kind of knew like, uh, I would say a, a day before, cause we had to go do the winner got to go to do the tonight show, but I still didn't believe it. Mm. I didn't believe it, even though I was doing the tonight show. And then I went and uh, and, uh, they had winner of last comic standing there. And the show was coming on that night, so I was in a hotel room in New York by myself uh, when I when I seen the final, and I still didn't believe that I had won it. But when I seen the confetti come down, I said, "Okay, I did that thing." But I was in a little small hotel room in New York, just did the Tonight Show. So, 
But, you know, started calling, so I knew something was good was happening. Well, I imagine you got a lot of calls after winning A lot that. of calls and a lot of, uh, you know, just you can hear people in the background, just uh, excitement. So that's that's what it's been, man. It's been like, where you been? It's like been mm-hmm. excitement. So all around, so I, I, got, I got old people who used to know my earlier stuff, and then I got new people who didn't know nothing about me. So it's it's been that kind of like, refreshing thing going on with me man and i've been doing this for 20 years so it's Mm -hmm. it's i'm a i say i'm a 20 year overnight sensation (laughs) (laughs) so yes i'm I'm enjoying it man yeah i mean 20 years in the game is something a lot of people don't know about you and you've i mean your resume is impressive even before last comic standing but how did winning last comic standing change your career compared to other accomplishments like hbo or a comedy central special well, it, it it exposed me to uh, America, so it, it put uh, it put me in America's living room, and I I see America because I travel, but you don't know who who this comedy uh, I call it that good friend my comedy who is it who is it affecting or who who is enjoying it? So you don't know that till so I didn't know that till we went out on tour. How how big being on that network television is because when we Went to these shows, they were like, "Whoa, you know, we're doing these big houses on on, on tour, and uh, people were people were going crazy." And I was closing all them shows, mm-hmm. and uh, they was like, uh, "Yeah, that's right, man." And you know, it's a, yeah, that's why I don't like to take too many pictures now because I took so many pictures. I'm I'm pictured out right now. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on, my my picture level is about on two. So, like at a show now, will people pay to take pictures with you? No, I can't. I can't charge a fan. You pay to come see me. I can't. Mm-hmm. I would not feel right about that. So no, it's uh, it's if I come out and take pictures, we we gonna be taking pictures. Try to keep them selfish to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly not only had an impression on America, but also the network of NBC, because now you got a television show on the horizon here. That's what they tell me, Joe. So we 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 working. We uh, you know it, that's a new world and arena for me. So I you know, I'm 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 a neophyte in that in that world. So I have to you know I have to uh, learn that learn that world because I, I I can get the mic and get on stage and do my thing there. So uh, you know I try to surround myself with the with the TV people who who been in it. You know, Wonder going to be one of the executive producers. Guy named. Kenny uh, Smith, who did the game, but like now he's a great writer, so he he was able to capture my voice and and help me flush out my story. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's gonna be a cool look. So it's set in Villa Ripa, it's gonna mm-hmm. be set in Villa Ripa, so that's Hometown. right down the street. Yeah. Was that something you even had on like your to do list, or did they approach you with the idea, concept, and it already written? No, this was this was something you know. I said about the show, I never was tripping about the uh, the money portion of it. I was excited about the development part of the deal of winning the show. I was like, oh, you get to develop a show. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, that was definitely on the vision board to do that because I always say stand-up is my tree, but other, other things should sprout from your tree. So that was one of the things I said, okay, I would like that to sprout from a tree because, you know, I would... The successful comedians I've seen, that's a natural progression for them. So you got to step your foot in that water just to see what it, see where you at in that world too, because it's gonna feed it's gonna feed the stand up. So it's all it's all and people everywhere I went, 
we're in the show. We're in the show. We're in the show. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. So the, so when it came time, you go in and pitch your idea. I went through about 10 writers before I decided on a writer. Wow. So that, that's a whole process. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's a whole nother world. So it's, it's uh, I mean, I'm excited about that channel, too. And it's very autobiographical. I mean, I think the, the concept is really you moving from L.A. back to Villa Rica to help out your mom. Yes, I would say autobiographical. I would, I would say loosely based, loosely mm, based. So okay. yeah, you don't, you don't want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna write the book and, and give y'all the all the stuff. But yeah, this, this it'll, it'll be based on my comedy. So if you like, if you like my comedy and the story that I tell in there, you gonna you'll be able to catch a hear them on, on TV too. You know, a comedian wanting a TV show is one thing, but being able to actually get the opportunity to have one, I mean, I'm not sure you're aware of this. You're only the second Last Comic Standing winner to um, get a TV show. Oh, man, you just gave me a, a, a fact right there, because uh, who, who was the first? Uh, Eliza Schlesinger. Now, did it air, or did she just do a pilot? I think it aired, but it was like her hosting a show. It's not like I guess yours will be more like a sitcom, like multi. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm from the yeah I'm from that mode. You know, we 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 come home and sit down on Thursday night. And, you know, when we had them good shows on, so uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and watch watch some TV. Ooh. Not not the variety. You know, people go to variety, and, and those things were offered. Uh, that stuff that's already being in place, so. You know they can plug you right into that, but I, I want to come with some, some a little bit more original, some, some true to true to my my character, high high role. So I and I think America will dig it. Yeah, quality entertainment, you're saying? Yeah, that good funny crock mm-hmm. pot. Yeah, put some <laughs> put some ingredients in it, season it, season it, let it boil down. Yeah, then put it on the plate. Well, you being one of the only comics from that show to get a TV show. I mean, what do you think you've been doing to stay relevant that others may aren't? Uh, stay funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, it ain't no other way around it. That's, yeah, it ain't got nothing to do with nothing else. Whatever you think it is, it ain't that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody has, in this, in this comedy world, anybody that's went anywhere has been consistently funny. So it ain't no way around that. So it don't matter where you put your funny at, but it's gonna have to be quality funny for you to have any any amount of success at all. And all that quality funny started right in Atlanta. Uptown Comedy Club in uh Buckhead, second floor. Yeah. Oh, the old the uptown. Line, yeah, the old one, the first one. Yeah, the, the line used to go down the stairs, you know. They, yeah, mm-hmm. they had, that's when they had Blockbuster video right behind Blockbuster. <laughs> Oh, what was that experience like? Uh, man, it was always uh, it was always uh, cool because you never you never knew when you was gonna go up. It's, I started on like a Tuesday night, so I missed like the comedy act was the big place, and then uptown was this new club that just had uh, opened that I learned later. But I used to see the comedy act sign always at uptown, so I guess somebody took the comedy act sign and put it at uptown when they went out of business, but. Uh, it was a you open mic night, so just like any comedian would start open mic night Tuesday night. Uh, Earthquake was the host and owner of the club, mm. so uh, you know that he would come in. The show could be I started, and he would come in and you know just grab the mic there, the DJ, hit him with the hands, and tell him get whoever on stage, get them off stage because I'm about to go on stage. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, he would go up and crush 
for like an hour, and then, you know, you sign up open mic, you get there early, hoping to go on. You don't know, but, you know, sometimes Quake would go by the list, and sometimes he would uh, just follow the list up in his hand, and, and, and you didn't know who he was going to call, and he'll be done an hour just crushing, killing the room, and then he'll just call you, run in, you're next, and then you had to go behind that. So if you had to... You had to get funny. You had to be funny because it, it 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 strengthened you at at that. So it was it was it was it was, it was uh, I felt like it was my beginning stage the tough of me plus comedy. And then we would go to a club called Five Five Nine. Right after that, Bruce Bruce mm-hmm. was the host, and that was that was a rough room. You could get booed at any time, or shot, booed, or shot. <laughs> so you didn't know which way it was gonna go. So you know, so I've been you know I, I I've done that. So it's. It's just been a natural progression, but yeah, stay, stay, stay funny, man. Coming back to Atlanta, do you notice how far the scene has come from those old uptown days? Yeah, because you know we, when I first got into comedy, it was you know just the beginning of uh, of you seeing um, um, a lot of African American acts. It was mm. that was getting their their shine. You had Def Comedy Jam, BT Comedy View, so. You know, these was when Earthquake and Bruce Bruce and Steve Harvey, that was when they was come, becoming stars. So, and Chris Tucker was right out of Atlanta. So we seen him on Def Comedy Jam, and he would come back, and people would just go crazy. And, uh, and Chris was like, I got mine. Y'all get y'all. So, you know, he was, that was right out the, out the Friday. So he was, uh-huh. he, he was out, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us, you know, wanted to be Chris. Everybody wanted to be Chris. And then everybody wanted to be Quake. And then everybody wanted to be Don D.C. Curry. So it was, it was always trying to, Find your style, your voice, and that's that's that, that's the beautiful thing about comedy. Once once you get that down, you 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 on your way then. Were you primarily in the urban side of the scene, or would you cross over as well? I started urban. I started all the way urban, but uh, uh, I I always knew my comedy would play anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you know when when um, I went to. Uh, the Montreal Just for Last Comedy Festival and uh, did that. Uh, I think it was like '03 or something, and uh, that's when I kind of knew. I said, "Okay, this this thing is bigger." So I started, you know, placing myself in 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 more mainstream rooms and and, and working that out and getting getting better. And uh, still still did my urban rooms because comedy is is just is it has no. I don't know why people try to box it because, I mean, if it's funny, it should work anywhere. But some people only cater to one, you know, some people only, some people trade a Joe and some people public, you know, trade a mm-hmm. Joe only going to sell trade a Joe products, but uh, public sell other people products, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm a storyteller, so stories work anywhere. Yeah. I'm an observationist, yeah. So, so I always knew. Uh, I can do comedy, yet. so I didn't. I didn't. I didn't try to box it in, but yeah, I started urban, and and uh, and and now I don't. I guess I would be mainstream. Am I mainstream? Well, that's what they call it. I mean, you know, the comedy, <laughs> it's mainstream and urban, and comedy is still segregated for some reason. But yeah. see, that's where I disagree. I don't. I think it has to be a a, a person of a form because my shows. You come to my shows. It's it's not segregated. Now, some places I go, it's just it's just gonna be more of one race or whatever. But you come to my show, it's like a melting pot of America. So that's what the show did. You had everybody watching, no matter what their background or uh, uh, in life was. They 
funny. If you funny, you're going to capture the masses. People going to come check it out. And that's, you know, that's my goal as a comedian. But there are times, you know, I'll, I'll go and perform at Uptown mm-hmm. and be the only white person in the entire building. Yeah, so that's, I mean, well, I, I understand that because that's exactly what, what I thought. I, used to, I, I wanted to go to the punchline early, uh, and I used to go sign up for the punchline, and they had like a lottery, but they mm-hmm. would never, I never won the lottery. I, I would never win the lottery. So so after those, those disappointments, you go where you can get some stage time. So are you dealing with that where, where they will put me on stage? Yeah, huh? yeah, it's, it's yeah. as much stage time as possible. Right, because at the end of the day, that's what you're gonna need some stage time. Right. So it don't it don't matter where you get stage time. It's, you got you got to find that deck to get on and, and make something happen. Well, that must have felt good for you, not making the lottery at Punchline, but then right after you win, you're doing like eight sold out <laughs> shows there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> yeah, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on both side on you on that. See how see how see how God works. See how God works. Beautiful man. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 all. That's all. So you don't. You know, never, never stop doing your work because that's a club I used to try to get into and couldn't get on, and boom, now I'm selling out. Boom. So, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You can't plan that out. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. And I would say the Atlanta comedy scene is stronger than ever. Um, I'm not sure if you knew this. This past year we had eight comics on Last Comic Standing, six made it to Mm -hmm. the semifinals, and now we have Mm -hmm. one, Clayton English, in the top five. Mm Mm-hmm. What would that mean for comedy if Clayton wins? Because I know you've mentioned in comedy they only usually let one black guy quote blow up at a time. <laughs> you read that somewhere? I said that. Oh yeah, I uh, I saw an interview you did where you uh, said that. Uh yeah, because I mean you know uh, people feel like we all pulling from the same pool of people. So, but uh, black people have different tastes too. So in in comedy and in life we we are not all the same. So. And and I, just like any other white people, Asian people, Indian people, they're, they're all not the same. But they they have they different groups of people, and so I I do feel like uh, Clayton has as as a greater shot as anybody. It's, it's gonna be who's gonna be funniest on on Wednesday night. That's that's the whole thing. And I met him cool, cool, cooler dude, always smiling. So uh, so I, I'm expecting I'm expecting big things, big things from him. How long were you in the scene before moving? Oh, I've been. I was. That's why. I, uh, that's why I built out my re- relationships. I was probably twelve, twelve years in before before any move. So yeah, and I always been back back and forth too. So that's always that's home. That's that's roots. So I will always have a a, a love and a, and a, an affection for that because I can I can I can go there and I know people gonna come see me. That's why I was able to do eight shows at the, at the punchline and. Because my people don't come holler at me, so I know that about that. So it's always gonna be, it's gonna be legit. I had family reunion this weekend, so I gotta, you know, that's that's my people. Well, what made you want to move away from your people? Uh, because I was always told you gotta. Uh, eventually, you have to. At my time, you eventually gotta move to L.A. or New York. I knew I wasn't gonna go to. Uh, New York. I had been there before a few weeks and did the whole thing there. And uh, you know, being a being a country boy, southern boy, that's that's a little. I, I ain't got time to be able to get on all these trains, figuring out all these train routes and all that. So I know I'm not gonna do that. I'm a, I like a car. I like to drive. So uh, when the time came, I was I was just like, uh, cause you can you can get caught 
in a people say you should have a deal or you know you see all kind of stories when you should move but uh i always been a risk taker so mm-hmm. i just moved when i felt it was time to move and i knew it was gonna be hard and i knew uh it was gonna be a grind because i had a young family so uh you know but you know we we, we did our thing we, we persevered so it's it's a that's a testament of that because most people come out here and they Move back. Be like, mm-hmm. I'm, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. So if you can make that excuse, or you can say, okay, I'm going to take my lumps and uh, do it my way and keep, you know, have faith that uh, things don't don't turn. And uh, that's when the last time I spent came alone, I like, boom. And I was doing my work. So that's, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. So you got to do your work. You can't always look at other people and be like, oh, what, what did it happen for them? Because that person was working mm-hmm. and you was not. So stop tripping. Yeah, and you were actually invited to do Last Comic Standing. You, I was invited when when it was something on my on my uh, vision that is something like that came along because I know I needed I needed uh, it was time because I was I'm feeling feeling good about where I was at uh, just mentally and, and spiritually and all that good stuff and just funny I was I was on my funny mm. and uh, and uh, they, I got the call and uh, that was something on my vision. And I just said, uh, I said yes, and I and they didn't place me. I had to audition each each round, so it was there was no there was no give me nothing. Right. I had to go out there and uh, and uh, show what I can do, and uh, and the people liked it, the judges liked it, and uh, and that's that's how I went, man. So it, it was it was I always say it was my time. I went in with my blinders on, and I you know and uh, and focused on the goal. So if they do that, you know the, the best. Man, a woman don't don't always prevail. Did you move to L.A. with any prospects, or was it just all vision? <laughs> uh, vision and vision is important. You gotta have you gotta have some vision. But uh, yeah, I I I had a few leads and prospects. So so and people can tell you one thing, but when you show up, it can become another thing. But I had a. a a great person who promised me I could sleep on their uh, flow and they let me sleep on their flow and uh, you know to, to I got my sea legs and uh, and uh, you know it just went from that and just making the rounds you don't you you have prospects but you still got to show your face and mm-hmm. people got to get to know you and you got to go to these auditions and you got to still try to keep your road stuff going so it's 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 some uh, then you got to you know it's it's, it's it's a it's a different world than where I'm from. If I can invoke, it's a different world. Yeah, old school. Yeah, but uh, no, it's it's uh, you have to be able to adjust and be flexible, man. That's that's and that's what comedy is. That's what stage is. You perform on stage, somebody can holler out something. You got to be able to adjust and be flexible and have something to go. So it's so it's that kind of place to me. And if you if you're able to handle that, you'll be alright. How long did you sleep on the floor for? Oh, I slept on the floor for a year and a half. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it went no, went no, uh, okay. well, I had a futon. I had a futon. I moved up to a futon. Oh, nice. But uh, they had a dog, and I, I like dogs, but this particular dog used to pass gas, and <laughs> he had a whole house just funky. So, yeah, I did not appreciate that at all. Yeah, he ran away on one fourth of July. So, so while you're sleeping on the floor slash futon, are you doing open mics? Or are you getting in the clubs? I'm getting in. I'm getting in the clubs. I had, you know, I had. Um, I was a road comedian, so I mm-hmm. always I had a few gigs, so I could I could live 
you know, take care of my, what I needed to the, the bad necessity. But those dry up after a while because people don't want to fly you here. They budget this, and you know, you're dealing with you're dealing with uh, as I could say, janky promoters sometimes. Right. Janky promoters, but uh, most of the time, because you know, that's in the stage you kind of managing yourself. You ain't you you know you're not you're not all the way into the to the Hollywood. Uh, uh, representations yet, and I've you know I've had bad managers, bad agents. People promised me stuff didn't happen, so you 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 grow from those, man. So you gotta you know you gotta know uh, that those things are gonna happen along your journey. You just gotta keep on journeying. Well, another thing that happens along the journey, especially Atlanta comedians, is mm-hmm. getting booed. Every Atlanta comedian has a story of getting booed. What is yours? You get. Yeah, you gotta get booed. Mine, yeah, mine was a uh, 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 one Fayetteville State years ago. I said something about the school. And they didn't appreciate it, but it wasn't a, a full boo. It was a, uh, it was just like a, get your ass on stage. More, more type of that. It was more combative than a whole boo. Oh, you've never been just full out boo? No, no, no. not ooh. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. Ooh, no, 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 no. It's 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 no reason that for it to ever happen. You might boo a comment, but yeah, you you're not gonna boo me. That's that's that wouldn't make any sense right there. You 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 didn't come to laugh. Is that gonna happen? But I know with the old uptown, that was almost a badge of honor. Oh, you could, but that's why I knew I got I was funny out the gate. That's what I was. Oh. I was funny out the gate. So what? I, I I didn't have a, a no boo. Now, I seen cats who did struggle to find that audience, but I always had a a, a few good, good good funny going on for me. So I I just had to grow and mature in it. But uh, and I'm still doing that. But I I, I started funny. I would imagine something that definitely had to mature is your delivery. Yeah, yeah, because man. I, I that, that's s- why I say stage time. It's nothing. Uh, and and that ain't nothing I can say. Oh, practice I do. No, that's just that's just how I, how I talk. I'm, that's what I that's what I do. But I could see that's starting how, out early. It, it may come off as kind of like awkward and confusing for people. Uh, it could it could be, but it's it's some. I always say it's some gems, and the comedy got to be a little smart to it. So mm-hmm. it comes off as awkward. Or uh, I don't know what people describe it as. I, I've heard is. Is it's uh, I I don't know. People tell me everything about my comedy, but uh, the the prevailing thought is that it's funny though. It's funny though. So so I I don't try to analyze it. I just I just when they call my name, I I I, I call it the comedy Holy Ghost. So mm. I get the I get the comedy Holy Ghost, and I do I do my thing. You mentioned earlier that finding finding your voice is really when you start to make gains. How long did it take you to find yours? Um, I don't know. I don't have a, a time limit, and, and and your voice should always be uh, evolving. Or, or you know, your because your, your comedy going to evolve. So I would say I, I would say I have a uh, I just have a, a style of comedy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a storyteller, and I tell my stories in a, in a in a, in a particular way, and people people appreciate it. But no, it's it's nothing I I uh, have to practice, so to speak. It's trying to hone the craft, man. It's mm-hmm. a craft. I'm a craftsman. I'm a craftsman, and I'm an artist. I, yeah, I, I look at comedy as art. It's art. So mm-hmm. be an artist. Paint some pictures. Show me something. 
did you always tell stories? Is that something you evolved into? I think, uh, yeah, I've always been, yeah, I've always been a storyteller. At and, and I didn't know what it was called. I had a comedian uh, years ago uh, named Tony Tones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, told me, he's like, man, he's like, you can talk about anything, he said, because they're listening to you. Because I didn't like the silence. That's why people are like, he don't even take a breath. Because I used to talk the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I got to start taking a breath. But he's like, no, it don't matter. He's like, they... They listening to every word you say, and it, it's like every other word is gonna be some funny in there. So people, people ain't even up on it yet. So it, I always felt like I was, I was doing something amazing, but I didn't know what, what it was. So, so, uh, and now I kind of get it a little bit more where the where the funny lies. So, uh, uh, I I enjoy and I enjoy comedy. That's the whole thing. People have fun at my show because I'm having fun telling it too. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it because I'm present with the joke. So if you come to my show, that even if I'm telling the story, it's gonna be some differentness in the story because it's I'm living that story. Each time you hear a story, it's be a little bit, little bit different, a little bit different. And, and is that your writing process with storytelling? Is you go up and just tell a story and just gradually hone it? <laughs> I graduate, yeah, and I'm always trying to. You know, make it make that story tighter. You know what I'm saying? So it's um, it's definitely uh, I would say that's my uh, writing process. And I don't write per se the whole whole thing. I, I um, the concept is the idea. I wouldn't say I'm the, I can write joke for joke for joke. But no, I I know if you look at it on paper, you'd be like, say, I don't know where the funny lies, but let me go tell it. So I live live. I live live. I don't live on paper really. I live in your face. Well, that is the great thing about your stories is that they are like joke, 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 joke. And a lot of comics on Last Comic Standing, you know, they're doing shorter bits just to get jokes out. But a testament to your storytelling is that you're able to take up your whole time on Last Comic Standing with maybe one story. <laughs> yeah. And it kills. And I think some people, yeah, I think some people copied that this year. But the goal is to be funny, Joe. You're right. <laughs> so you're it's right. no, it's, yeah, so it's nothing... If you overthink it, then that's when you're going to get in trouble with it. So it's it's like your first instinct is usually the right one, but then we get caught up in the, you know, messing with it too much or in, anything, and that's life. You know, we always – so I try to trust that. Boom, that's that's funny. Boom, that's funny. If I find another piece, boom, put that with it. If I find another piece, boom, put that with it. So now we just got all these little, little boom, boom, booms in the joke. But it's it, – I'm I'm looking for funny all day. I'm not. That's 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 my job. I'm in the funny business. So I'm I'm looking for funny all day. And if I can find it, that's that's what I try to give it to people. And how do you know when a moment in your life is primed for like a joke? Because you're talking about. I mean, really. I mean, like a Seinfeld like precision on a moment in your life, and you're building a whole universe around it. For example, all right, the self checkout mm-hmm. joke. Mm-hmm. That's one of your, I would say, most popular jokes, and it's just hilarious. I mean, on the surface, this is just, you're at the grocery store, a lady says, hey, this aisle is open. You go over there, and it's self-checkout, and you have to do it yourself, and the computer asks for customer service. On the surface, that's the story. But you're able to turn this into a three-minute piece that is like laugh, 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 laugh. (laughs) Okay, and, and I like you use the word piece because your 
your comedy should be little pieces. Those them them my babies, man. So I each each story is is my baby. So I'm I'm in the show, and these things are happening. These things have happened to you. They happen every time I go to the show. So I'm trying to make sure I don't leave any of what happens when we go in these stores and we got to check ourselves out. What all is going, because that's a universe. That's a thing. They had meetings about this and said people would love to do this. So, you know, how did, how did they know that? And so I'm, I'm always trying to get the, get the behind the story. Then when I put myself in these situations, it's like, Oh, okay. I, I see what's going on. This is a hell of a hustle right here. You, <laughs> we shopping here and working here. Okay. Okay. So that, that's a committee got together and decided that, that's what people would like to do, and people people love it. So, and I love it. I'm I'm actually a good cashier now. No more fruit codes and everything. <laughs> as soon as it happens, in the middle of it, are you like, okay, this would be a good joke? Um, I think comedy is lived in. So yeah, yeah. You you it's it's just about your 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 life. If you want to delve into your life, you can do comedy. But I think the best comedy has always been when it's when it has a personal touch to it. So you mentioned Seinfeld or the Priors or, or the Eddies. It, it always had a, a, a personal touch to it. Even Chris Rock or Chappelle's, Sports Carlin was, you know, it's it's like they they had a passion about, about this stuff. So, it, so I guess one word I would say, it, you got you to have a passion for it. It's got to be passionate. That's the only way they're going to be believable if it's passionate. So. I know you, you mentioned the art of comedy. So that's what I'm really interested in is that comedic process and i mean you you may go on stage and tell the story about self-checkout but then is it a, a year or so later where this is like a bit that is laugh per line See, i'm from the school of no joke is truly old it's just you have to dust it off sometime or polish it up you know some people live in the uh you know i gotta burn this set i don't believe you have to burn a set I believe all jokes are unfinished products. If you and, and if, you, if some you can't you can't use no more, but some bits uh, live on. I, it's, I've been fortunate enough to have bits that I've been able to pull back and say, "Oh, this 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 can still work," and mm. and, and bring it up to date. Oh, you you're gonna have new stuff happening. So it's it's just it's 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 the process. It's the process, man. I guess everybody whatever is your different. process. Like, what kind of comedian would you say you are? I want to do everything. You know, I want to be like you and have, you know, my own TV show and have creative control of my career. I, I would love to be a storyteller. And that's why I'm asking you is because that's what I struggle with right now is stepping out and telling a story and it being funny. It could be interesting and they're listening, but I'm not mm. getting, you know, consistent laughs. Well, that's, you got to go back to the lab. <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's on you. That's not the people's fault, Echo. That's not the people's fault. Yeah, you got to go back in the lab and say, "Hey, what what can we take out? What can we add? What this story ain't working, man." So, concept could always be uh, funny, but you, you it's funny concept, but you you gotta you gotta add some seasoning to it to make it make it go. And you create your world. That's you create your comedic world, man. So, you know why why great people are great because they they do their own thing. They they do it their way. You make it sound so easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, nah, it ain't. I, don't, I wouldn't say easy. It's what you consider hard or easy. Because 
everybody level level of that is different. So I, I, I don't know what you consider hard because at the end of the day, you have to be honest with yourself on some things and say, okay, do I want to do I want to go down with it? Because it's gonna be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be, <laughs> so it's gonna be a little uncomfortable, and then it'll get comfortable. Then it'll get funny because you comfortable. Boom. Now we're working with fish grease. We're frying with fish grease. Yeah, now we're cooking here. So it, if, <laughs> yeah, if, if yeah. It's a... So that's, that's the thing, man. So, yeah. How long we been talking, man? How long did I lot this time? Oh, uh, we can get out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you got, yeah, I think we good. Yeah, we, uh, we, uh, we're excellent. All right. Well, um, is there anything else uh, you want the world to know about Rodman? Oh, uh, man. Just, uh, I guess it's mandatory to say follow me on Twitter. <laughs> at Man Comedy, uh, and uh, check out my website, RodmanComedy. That get funny. I mean, RodmanComedy dot com. You know, see where, see where uh, I'm coming to a city near you, man. With that, that good funny. So that's that's how we doing. And I appreciate, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the Atlanta love. That's probably where I'm gonna do the special out, special at man. So uh, we're working towards towards that. So. Uh, so uh, you know, it's it's always always love, man. Anytime you need me, I'm gonna uh, holler back at you, man. All right. I feel like you're my little brother. I feel like you're my little brother now. Well, we learned a lot, and I uh, I appreciate your time, Rod, man. All right, Joe. Good and keep 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 it funny. Keep it funny. <laughs> okay, keep that's all you fun. gotta do. Just keep it funny. Roger that. <laughs> all right. There's no other way. There's no other way. All right, babe. Thanks, Island. man. All right. yippee ki yay Mmm, I could not have picked a better guest for the finale of season one. He cut me off, but then called me his little brother, so I'll take that. Uh, thank you, Rodman, and thank you to all my guests on this season of Hot Breath. Last comic standing champ, Clayton English, Miss Pat, LeVar Walker, Mia Jackson, Drew Thomas, Noah Gardenschwartz, Rob Hayes, and Caleb Sinan. You can catch up on all these other insightful interviews on the Hot Breath iTunes page or Audio Boom page at audioboom.com slash channel slash hot breath podcast. There's also links to there from my social media at Joel Byers Comedy or website joelbyerscomedy.com where you can also find info about my comedy class I teach or about my Wednesday night show in Decatur. Please, while you're online, go ahead and drop us an iTunes review. You could literally click five stars or leave a review as simple as our fan Knife said, quote, all killer, no filler. Amen to that, uh, Knife. Uh, but anyway, let's get out of here. Um, I must exclaim that this first season went all according to plan. And Hot Breath will keep building on this plan of highlighting the talent that is Atlanta comedy with a season two featuring more Atlanta talent making waves across the industry. We'll be back in a few weeks with that, but don't worry. You'll be getting some hot hors d'oeuvres in the meantime released on Monday mornings like you are accustomed to. So please, keep breathing. Season one would not have been possible without your support. It also would not have been possible without the support of my lady and song composer at Aaron A. Rogers on social media and my right-hand engineer at Tyler Guns on social media. Thank you, thank you, and you're welcome 
you're welcome for this series affectionately called Hot Breath. Hot Breath.